Welcome, everybody, to the Five Dirty Bikers Podcast. Pissing? No, that's my that's my coffee, dude. Oh, I, I thought s- you were taking us to the bathroom. I was like, dude, dude, I'm on fucking crutches. How am I gonna take you, you guys to the bathroom that you quick? You can't you can't talk to four dudes with your dong in your hand. That's you that's, that's, that's foul. That's what that is foul. That is. I watched that damn movie last night, that Beatles movie. The Beatles movie. That yesterday where the Beatles didn't exist and the guy stole all the songs because he was the only one who remembered who they were. Oh, yeah, my wife was talking to me about that yesterday. Well, I woke up this morning with a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Audi became an idiot. Yes. Is, is that your official review? of <laughs> Official of review, <laughs> you will grow a vagina if you watch that movie. Got to change your last name now. <laughs> vagina, like, are we talking like chicken or steak vagina? I'm talking menstrual cramps and the whole nine yards. Oh, you're talking womanly stuff. The Moose Knuckle Mike Word of the Week. It's like Jeff, you'll free your mind. The word of the day is E Pony Mouse. E Pon E Epotamus. Hippopotamus. It almost looks like Epotamus. It's like somebody left the H off of it. It's upside down E dash P A H dash N upside down E dash M upside down E S. My mm. wife told me the name of that upside down E and I forgot what the hell it is. It's the well, schwa. Isn't the it? schwa, that's it. Yes. Yeah. Is it like is that like Charles Schwab? Yes. Yes, oh. exactly like Charles Schwab. So, they they so. handle it handles your money for you. So if it was if it was a schwa sound, it would be schwa pa, n schwa, schwas. So, and I'm pretty sure it. It's, it sounded like you were talking Native American. So it's e pa ni mus, mass mess. Um, it's an adjective. It's a Greek 19th century word. Uh, the definition first one is relating to the name of something. The second definition is describing an item named after a subject in question. Um, so I'm going to give some examples of eponymous in a sentence. Her eponymous album was a hit, and now everyone knows her name. Uh, the second uh, example would be the biggest stars have names that draw wide audiences, which is why they get eponymous TV shows. That's crazy. Boy, I have never seen someone who's more brand loyal than Tony Cox. <laughs> I am not. I, I'm, uh, well, you're awful brand loyal if you're looking at Harleys. Well, I was looking at some other bikes this week, and I will say that, you know, you need to take your compass at every dealer you go to because it's a 360 fucking for sure. <laughs> but you're just going to have to figure <laughs> out what you want, man, I guess. You know, I looked at those Indians. They're nice bikes. Don't get me wrong. And, right. It is a direct competitor to Harley. This is the first 
motorcycle, in my opinion, that is a direct competitor for Harley motorcycles. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But I will say that the fit and the finish, it's not Harley quality. It's not Harley standards. It's close, but it's not there. So is this opinion or is this, is this uh, a broad uh, spectrum of opinions? This is, this is my opinion of yeah. actually setting, you know, all I've seen are pictures. And then yesterday I actually was able to go and look and touch and set and, and do all that. While technologically they're more advanced than a Harley, when you set on it, it's the little stuff that doesn't feel as quality. Does that make sense? It, it does. Yeah. So like, like the brake levers and the clutch lever, mm -hmm. they're small. They feel cheap. You know what I mean? When, but maybe when they you, were just made for your hands. Well, maybe, maybe. And like the <laughs> throttle, <laughs> you know, when you twist it, there was no, it was very soft and it wasn't, there wasn't much resistance there. You know what I mean? Saving people from carpal tunnel. Well, yeah. I mean, you can look at it anyway. I mean, it's a, just, that's the problem I think most people have is they don't look life positive. You're not life positive. You're life negative. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you on that one. I, I think that if you buy Harley, you know, you're going to get a stiff throttle and big levers that are really hard to pull back. Well, you, you How, may. That's true. You need to you start may. using those, those hand grip things that strengthen your hands, man. Have you seen the size of my hands? I have, sir. They're intimidating. They they are like twice the size of my torso. <laughs> you you know you've got you put your hands around your hips and they your fingers touch. <laughs> doesn't need a belt. He just uses his fingers. <laughs> I always wondered why my dad always took me to football games because we was number one and I just hold my oh I just hold. My <laughs> Damn fingers hit the mic. Those, That's what yeah, I your hands just took over there. Wow, 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 wow. You also have big ears and big feet. You know what they say about people with big ears and big feet? They got uh, big shoes. And they big got hats. Yep, yep. Big they, hats. Big they shoes. they hear really well and they swim really well. Tony, when you were when you were talking about when you were talking about the Indians, mm -hmm. um, now it's my understanding though that they and, and I don't know because I haven't seen them or ridden one or anything. But I've I've heard that they are investing more money into say like suspension and and things like that, as opposed to you know maybe the hand controls or things like you were talking about. I don't know what it is about hand controls for me, but for some reason the Harleys they they just feel substantial. You know what I mean? And yep. you get on some of these other bikes and they're they feel like they belong on a bicycle and and not a motorcycle where. You know, that just might be me. Now, don't get me wrong. These Indians are, they're beautiful motorcycles. They're a fucking block long, but they're fuck, they're beautiful motorcycles. So uh, you look, you looked at the Indian Springfield and the, and the Chieftain, is that right? Yeah, I looked at the Indian uh, Springfield Dark Horse mm. and the Chief Dark Horse. And then I looked at the Springfield. The Springfield what I'm thinking is probably the best bang for the buck at 20 grand. You, you get the windshield, you get the locking saddlebags, the remote locking saddlebags, uh, okay. 111 uh, cubic inch engine. So it's, so it's like a heritage. It's, 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 I would say it's, I would say it's the road King. I would say, cause it's priced right there with the road King. Yeah. It, it's got that detachable windshield and, yeah, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, heritage. It's, 
a heritage soft tails 20 grand though 18 yeah but it's a little bit more the heritage soft uh the the heritage classic is more of a you know those are soft bags uh, uh you know what i mean got hard bags on it yeah this has hard saddle bags with remote locking so you can lock them with a remote and it has three different ride modes you know sport hey don't give them three baggers can't be choosers well you got three different <laughs> ride modes on it i mean it's 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 a great motorcycle man and i mean it's priced competitively with the road king i think that somebody that wasn't brand loyal to harley would have a hard time between the two so I'm I'm on their website right now. I'm looking at the Springfield. It's it's 21 starting at 21. This thing has ABS. It's got three different modes. Yeah. Fucker is 112 uh, V twin engine. What's Excuse the me, 111. It's 111. 800 uh, pounds. So here's here's my question about this. You kind of just mentioned it a little bit, Tony. Like you are the Maybe I'm wrong in saying this. You're the epitome of brand loyal to Harley. That is your brand, right? I mean, I, I'm not opposed to other motorcycles, but when I look at cruisers, I always go to Harley. That's To me, that's the gold standard. Right, but there's way more motorcycles than just a cruiser. Oh, I, I, well, I know, but I mean, for me, it, where I'm riding right now and what I want to do is the cruiser-style motorcycle. Oh, okay. And Harley is the pinnacle. It's it's on top of the it's on top of the food chain, and everything has to meet up to that, in my opinion. Yeah. So how how strong, thinking about yourself and thinking about other Harley riders, how how strong is the Springfield pulling of people who are brand loyal to Harley away from Harley, away from the Road King, and looking at the Springfield? I would think that. If you were new into the uh, cruiser world and you weren't already invested in the Harley culture and in the Harley Davidson, you know, scene, I think the the Springfield, the new buyer would would go for the Indian, just because of the stuff that it offers over the the Harley. Okay, so how about the the rider, the Harley rider who's really into the culture? I think we should ask the dude who actually rides a road king. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how he makes feels sense. about this. You know, dude, so how, if you were, have you looked at the Indian at all, Ryan? I have, you know, um, I, I did. And I've looked at all three of them. And, and I will say this, and, and, uh, and I agree with Tony. I'm in that Harley. Um, <clears throat> I'm a Harley fanboy. I am uh, in that, you know, that's kind of where I, where I land in terms of how I, how I ride and what I like. But I would say this, I would say, I do believe the Indians are the Indian cruiser bikes. So um, the, the top three Indian models that are in that category are pushing Harley's beggar market as hard as they can right now. If I was, and, and this is being 100% honest, if I was not a Harley loyalist and I was looking at beggars, I would absolutely positively give um, the Indians a, a, a serious hard look. I think one of their wow. big downfalls right now, from what I understand, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, 
But my understanding from what I've heard from a lot of people is unless you live in a larger market where they have test days, it's harder to test ride an Indian than it is a Harley. And, oh yeah, you're right on that. Yeah, and, you're 100%. And from what I understand though also is that when you test ride the Indian, that's what's going to sell it to you if you've not ridden the two of them. Because I understand their seats are better and their, um, their suspension is better. Why is it harder to test ride an Indian as opposed to a Harley? I don't think they, they don't offer test rides like Harley does. Harley, you can walk into any dealership and they'll pull a bike off the floor and you can test ride it. My understanding is Indian does not do that. No, it's like where I was yesterday, Joe, I was in a unique situation because I knew the, the salesman. He was a, a salesman from Bluegrass Harley where I buy my stuff and he had moved over there. And he kind of gave me a, a car to ride, but if you didn't have that, you had to wait till they have their test ride day, which is like once a month. Oh, wow. And you could go up and test ride anything they have, but they just, they just don't let you, you know, I want to ride that. No. That's got to hinder sales a bit, don't you think? I would think, but you know, I guess they're in a, I'll tell you, the, the culture is completely different when you go into another, at least here in my area. You know what I mean? When you go into like a another dealer, it's not anything like the experience in a Harley in a Harley dealer. It's just it's a completely different. What, what do you well, it's a little bit more of a of a negative because you know when you like for me, like I said, I'm talking about my area. When you walk into a Harley dealer, it's you know it's full of bikes. It's well lit. There's everything's organized with you know apparel and service and all that. And I walk into the Kawasaki Suzuki dealer, which is, you know, a few miles down the road. It's dark. There's a few b a bikes, you know, scattered around and a guy sitting at a desk. You know I, what I I'm going to, I'm going to vouch for Tony on that because there is a dealership in, in St. Charles that has a Harley dealership. And they also have a dealership that sells Indians as well as sport bikes. It's a, uh, what is it? Big St. Charles Motorsports. So they have your sport bikes and, and whatnot and your dirt bikes. And then like nested back in a little room, you wouldn't know it if you were told they have maybe half a dozen Indians. You, and like I said, if, if you didn't, if you weren't told they were back there, you'd miss it because they're just tucked back in this room that nobody seems to go into. I mean, I'm looking at this 19 Dark Horse, this Springfield. There isn't much on this bike that isn't black, and it's it's beautiful looking. It kind of reminds me of uh, Ryan's bike a little bit, but man, there's there's like I said, there's not a lot on this that isn't black. There it's can like, be none more black. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a beautiful motorcycle. I will say that the engine How itself, I don't think the aesthetics of the engine are as nice as the M8. I would no. agree. I would agree one hundred percent about How, that. How long is that? dark horse tony it is 101 inches long Man. and ryan how long is the road king 90 i just had that pulled up the road king is 95 inches that's a long fucking motorcycle it, it is, is in person it is you need a fucking acre to turn this thing around in <laughs> i mean it is long as shit and the fucking pipes are 45 feet long hanging it's off not, the back it's of them. not about the length it's more about the girth well, with this one, it's about the length. <laughs> this son of a bitch would hit your tonsils. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it's long. <laughs>
Balls deep on that one for sure. It's 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 a long, it's a long motorcycle, man. If you can go that. you can go nut to butts with four guys. <laughs> I, I, I really hope you're not speaking from experience about the consoles there, Tony. No, I am not. <laughs> uh, what's the suspension like on that bike? Because like, well, it, it's it's air, which is interesting. Because I asked him, and the way that it works, you have to remove a panel, and there's actually an air pump, and you actually pump pump the fucking shock up it's not like the harley where you can adjust so, it on the fly you actually have to add air to it so it's I'd like imagine, reebok it's like reebok pumps yeah exactly it's like some fucking nike air pumps they don't have I, i'm pretty sure reebok has them you <laughs> was remember it the reebok? Ones? yeah it was the ones that had the little basketball on the front of them oh you're right you're right so Look, yeah it's an air shock let me ask you guys this because this is always something i've been curious about so there's this all this big push or there, there is a, a much bigger push, and, we, and we've even said it about Indian having uh, more technology. Now, is there, is there backups, or how do you guys feel about the more technology on these things? Because I, to me, like if my saddlebags are locking by an automatic locking mechanism, if that fails, does that mean that all my shit is locked in those bags and I can't get them open? No, no, they work with a key also. Okay. But when you like leave your bike with the fob, your, your saddlebags will lock automatically like your car does. Oh, like if you walk away from it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a, that's a cool feature. I do like that. That's a, I, I think the ride modes are cool. I, think I do too. Being able to have ride modes for the conditions that you're riding in is a huge plus. Now see, Ryan, your, your question kind of reminded me of my dad. When I was a kid, my dad was like, we're never buying a car with, with, uh, electronic locks you know we'd always have to pull up the damn locks in the car he refused to buy it's like oh that's just gonna break down and it's gonna be a pain in the butt you know I like but as I as I age as I become an old man like I love that shit you know like I'm not gonna be like my dad and be like oh I'm not gonna buy that because it's gonna break down I'm not saying Ryan that you're saying that but you know I just I kind of like that technology dude I embrace that shit yeah and, yeah, and I just, I wonder, that, that was my question, like, because I wonder what, what people feel about it, because I think that, you know, that goes right kind of against what, you know, what Corey Saddletramp said about why he backed into older bikes was mm -hmm. the technology and the lack of ability to be able to work on it. Are, are we getting to a point now where the bikes are going to be so technologically advanced that, that all we're going to be able to do is bolt parts on them? No, I don't think... I don't think it's going to get down to that. What you've got to, what you've got to take into consideration is back in the day when, you know, uh, you know, they first started putting actuators and motors and all that for, you know, power. I mean, they've been putting power windows and, and all that on cars since the fifties. Sure. Um, but when you get into like locks and an actuator, mm. that technology has advanced to where, you know, they, I mean, they have tested the actuator to where it has a hundred thousand lock cycles or right. whatever, you know? So I think technology has gotten to the point now where unless, unless it is just something new and out of the ordinary, I don't think people have to worry about something breaking down necessarily. Um, yeah, there's always going to be the more crap you add to a motorcycle or a car or anything the more likely you have of a chance of something breaking. You know, if it's just a motorcycle with a motor, then, you know, guess what? The only thing you really have to worry about is a motor. Right. So, you know, that's, 
Well, and I would, I would bet that like you were saying too, that some of those things just, you know, they've, they've tested and tested and tested probably there's probably technology on the bikes that are going to be more reliable than the mechanical parts long-term. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Sure. I would, I would agree with you 110% on that. I'll tell you something that I thought was really cool and I might be talking out of my ass here. I might've misunderstood because I was asking about, I was asking about the stage one on them. Mm-hmm. So when you buy the air cleaner, you know, the stage one air cleaner, it comes with a chip with it to program your bike for the stage one. That so is you, awesome. Yeah. Ooh, so you, but you don't how have much, to buy. But how I much didn't ask. air? Oh, tell me. <laughs> I didn't ask. I didn't yeah. ask. I was, I was just amazed. I was like, it comes with what? You don't have to, to tune it? No, it comes with the tune already with the air yeah. cleaner. He didn't bring his compass, so he didn't worry about asking. I didn't worry. I was my, I was picking my jaw up off the ground at that point. I was like, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. You can't make a statement like that and show that kind of audacity without asking how much well, it is. Right. You know, I'm on the website. I could probably find out. Getting back to things breaking down, you know, I experienced that myself with my Did ABS you? breaking down uh, on the Route 66 trip. You know, and that was my own fault, but and I was without ABS for three out of the four weeks on my trip. Uh, it was easy for me to figure out how to fix it, but not everybody's going to be able to, to figure that out, you know, when stuff does break down. But that, that makes me think, though, back to brand loyalty, thinking about Harley riders and thinking about what they like. And I don't remember who made the point. I think it was you, Ryan, talking about Corey. What was fun for me at MMM and, and chatting with Corey, he and I, both while Tony and I were working on my bike and fixing my bike, Corey leaned down and he was asking me questions about the EFI and, and how it runs. And then again, later on in the weekend, same thing. He and I were squatting down, looking at my bike and he's like, I just don't understand this bike at all. It's, it's a complete mystery to me. And he's like, what's this for? What's that for? But damn, you get that guy in front of a car bike and he knows his way around much more than anybody I will ever meet. Right. And, and that makes me think of brand loyalty with some of the older riders and how they won't move away from Harley because of the knowledge that they have with their current bikes. I that never makes, even considered that, but it makes a lot of sense. It and, makes a ton of sense. And I mean, Corey, I'm not saying Corey's old in any way. Corey is actually younger than I am. Um, but he's just, those are the types of bikes that he's ridden his entire life. Those are the types of bikes that he's worked on. Yeah. Um, but, but that's the thing. That's the thing too, though, with Harley though, is, is Harley is a simple, you know, a simple engine and a simple machine. And so yeah. when it comes to a, when it comes to a Harley, you've got one carburetor, two cylinders, you know, if it's running, funky you look at the intake boot <laughs> um you know i mean it's they're simple they're simple and easy to fix but, you know well, I mean, the older carburetor stuff when joe's bike was broken at mmm if you would have been on a different bike i wouldn't have been as confident as i was that we were going to get it fixed you know what i mean because I, I didn't i didn't know my way around that but on that bike, I was like, oh, we'll get this son of a bitch fixed. I mean, it, it, it's not going to be a problem. We'll figure yeah. it out. Well, here's here's the thing, though. Take this into thought. Food for thought there. <laughs> Are you hungry? Uh, hungry. Uh, <laughs> I'm hungry for knowledge, Mike. 
So what if what if Joe or a bag of dicks? <laughs> what if Joe had ridden a KLR? What if I, he? What if I would have tried? What you if know he? What I mean? Right, but but that's it though. Is I don't have fuel injection. The only thing that I have on my bike is I've got a couple of relays which run a, a air a vacuum like a vacuum style pump, and that's for the fuel. Uh, for the pet cock on the bike, and it's got some wires that run to the front and back for the a pet turn cock. signal. A pet, pet, yeah, pet cock. Pet cock, uh, yeah. You, you, I know what it is. I was trying to be funny. Never. <laughs> you should have continued with it. Dude. I know. I never. So, it, the, the real quick, five hundred and twenty dollars for that air cleaner. Oh, Joe, wow. you were talking about. I had to leave the room for a second. You talk about Tramp said he didn't understand the EFI Your bike. bike. Your bike. Yeah, I mean he he. Like he is the smartest guy in the world, smartest guy that I know when it comes to when it comes to Harleys that were built prior to 19. When was it? 97. The, the, the carbureted Harleys. Yes, mm-hmm. all the carbs. So every bike. 2003 was it? 2003 was the last year of the carbureted. Sportster. Bike. Yeah, the Sportster. Yeah. The thing is, is his bike doesn't run right. You know, if he changes the exhaust or he changes a a carburetor or an air filter or something, you take a screwdriver and you richen or lean up your carburetor until the bike runs right. We're over there plugging in goddamn tuners with phones and tablets and everything else trying to download a map. Right. You know, to change our our, our, our fucking uh, computer on the bike. What an ECM. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have any of that shit. Right. Right. Mike, to answer your question, if I had a KLR650 and it broke down, I'm confident that I would be able, if it was related to the carburetor, I'm confident that I would be able to fix it because I've worked on, over the last two years, I've worked on old Hondas, old carbureted Hondas, uh, an old carbureted Virago. Um, So I'm confident that I think I would be able to, to, to fix that. It's just not much fun for me. Right. Because right. it takes a while to figure it out. It, you know, if you don't jet it right, it take, you got to take the damn thing out. You got to rejet it and you got to pop it back in. But here's, here's what you got to look at, you know, for like a carbureted bike. The car versus... is the Kawasaki would never break down to begin with. That's, right. well, that's, that's one thing. <laughs> yeah. So this is, a, this is an outlandish this is, scenario. This is to begin hypothetical with. for sure. <laughs> kind of statement are you trying to make (laughs) um but no if you take a carbureted bike and that's why a lot of guys like carbureted bikes is so you take the sporty okay if you start having an issue you've got a uh mass air sensor on your bike you have got a a speedometer sensor you've got a temperature sensor you've got um, a neutral safety switch you've got um Mm -hmm the neutral switch in the transmission you've got uh see i know you've you know i mean you've got o2 sensors you've got a throttle position sensor there's Mm -hmm. there's a lot more things that can break most of the time generally they won't but you've got a lot of things that can break when you're on the road whereas if you have a carbureted motorcycle generally you have fuel air and a spark plug and as long as all three of those are there as long as you have ignition, fuel, and air, it's going to start every time. It should run. So with that old Honda that I, I fixed up and sold, 
it took me forever to figure out why I wouldn't start. I was messing around with the carburetor. I was messing around with a whole bunch of different things. Is that the one that had the fucking wire harness you messed with? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So like, and I I put together that rewired the harness. It turns out the reason why I couldn't get it started initially. The switch was off. Close. The fucking neutral switch was was not, was not working. So I had to replace that. I, when once I replaced that, then it was just a matter of of dealing with the carburetor a little better to get it to get it started. Was but it once, a simple? Was it a simple? Would it have been as simple as like a paper clip and a plug, or pretty much? You know, it's just replacing ah. that neutral switch. But once I replaced that neutral switch, it turned over. Before that, it didn't turn over. Mm. And then, and then once I started getting it to turn over, then then I messed around more with the carbs and figured out how to get started. Right. But yeah, I mean, when you have a motorcycle with more complicated shit, this takes us back to technology breaking down. Like it's not as easy for all of us to fix who, if we don't have that right. knowledge. And people like Corey and, and the older, older school Harley riders, they have that knowledge. Well, they do. And, and, and that, I think that's what keeps people loyal to a certain brand also. I agree, I agree. You know, it's what's familiar and what's comfortable. So, I mean, we've been strictly talking about Harley and Indians. I mean, for, for a good reason. Um, most of the, when we're talking about brand loyalty, obviously all of us are thinking brand loyalty to Harley. I've walked into dealerships before and I've had salespeople tell me, oh, you're, yeah, you're, 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 you're brand loyal. We, we know this, um, which may or may not be true, you know, but Okay, so I, I got a question about Polaris, and then I got two questions about Polaris. How long has the Polaris brand been making Indian motorcycles? And uh, leading into the next question, is what Indian is doing and Polaris doing, is it enough to pull Harley brand loyalists away? Oh, shit, that's a Joe. Good question. That, that's, that's a multifaceted question. <laughs> I can be a multifaceted. <laughs> well, the the first first part of that question is pretty easy. How long has Polaris been been doing the Indian brand? It's that what? I do not know. I don't it's have eleven. It, it's what's that? It's when twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. Not like long that. at all. Because Indian came Indian came back and they did that production engine, which is and they not, sh- not and they good. shit the bed on that. Did yeah yeah. It yeah. looked good, but it, it was a horrible horrible yeah. engine. Somebody is pouring themselves an entire bucket of water. That would be that would be my as I explained to Joe last night, we are in I am in my future bathroom that's been roughed in in the basement. Um, so okay. all the all the water from the upstairs comes down through the sewer. Oh. To the sewer, so that's that's what you're hearing. And it so passes, somebody So if you wanted to overhead. know so if you wanted to know, guys, his microphone is approximately two inches away from his sewer pipe. It's, 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 about, it's about, I'm about 10 feet away from where it exits the house, where the brownback bass make an exit. <laughs> if, that, if that shit doesn't keep you humble, I don't know what would. Well, I can straight up tell you that, uh, that uh, dongaphone or whatever you call it, that thing picks up some, I think, it's up. very sensitive and I, I, i'm it about is. five feet away from the turd blender for the basement <laughs> <laughs> so you're quite literally in the shit storm yes 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 there well the the the, the blender the, the pudding tank isn't hooked up. It's, hooked up. <laughs> it's not 
it's not functional yet because the bathroom down here isn't isn't finished. But the pudding tank, I'm about six feet away from the pudding tank. That's funny. That's funny. Hey, what is it when what is it what is uh where they keep all the fish back in the hatchery? You've got a, hatchery? a you've got a brown bass hatchery right there. Those those that is the blueberry pond on the job sites. Uh, oh. the, the the portal it. I call it the yeah. blueberry pond. Blue ba oh, it's a hatchery. It's where all the brown back bass live. Yeah. <laughs> The blueberry I, pond. I do not go in the blueberry pond with fear of blueberry splashback. I, I am I am not casting my pole in that pond ever. No, no, there is a of, strong chance of splashback of the blueberry. Speaking of pole, something you don't want. Yes. Speaking of pole, let's let's talk about what a terrible name Indian gave their new engine, the Thunderstroke. <laughs> the Thunderstroke. <laughs> Now, I will like... say that the Thunderstroke is cool because it only has one hole. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what I mean, you know, Harley has the three, you know, Dustin and, and Ryan, you mm -hmm. all have to change primary transmission and oil. With the Indian, it's one hole. You drain one oil and you put five and a half quarts in one, in one hole and you're done. It's all three at the, done at the same time. I'm a brand loyalist, but that is a superior design without yes. a doubt. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it just is. There's no way around. I'll be doing my first three-hole oil change here okay. for another month or so. Yeah, and you know, and it's, fuck, it's a hundred and something dollars to do it. Really? So well, yeah. is, is the hole enough to, to pull Harley loyalist, loyalist away? One hole is not enough to pull me away. You gotta have more holes. Gotta have I, I mean, one hole's a start. <laughs> hey, so, Tony, we know that there's a lot of Indians on the road because we, you know, we see them when we're riding around. Yeah. When you stop by that dealership, how many Indians were in service at that time? What the hell are you asking me? Oh, that was in the service department? Yeah, I'm asking you I, how many were I, being I, I don't know, but I don't think there was any back there. Wow. So I don't think I, don't I, I will think. say this though. There was a in the showroom of the Indian, there was ten Harley Davidson sitting there for sale. Used Harleys that were traded in. Wow. And they they do not sell Harley Davidson. No, the, these were these were trade-ins. Okay, trade-ins. Huh. These I were trade-ins. I think the weakness right now with Indian has nothing to do with the bike. And it has everything to do with aftermarket availability. That's a good point. But is it yeah. weak though? I mean, Indian, maybe it's just because Polaris has a financial backing behind them, but it's, it's from what I understand, and I'm not backing this up with any, any facts that I'm looking at now, but Indians are selling pretty well, aren't they? I think the, and I think they're, they're continuing to chip away at their segment of the Harley market. But where I mean by aftermarket is not what Polaris sells because I think they have a they have a line of parts just like Harley does that are you know um, specific to their bikes. I think it's the plethora of aftermarket dealers where you know so for instance uh, one of the things I'm looking at you know looking hard at is um, getting hard hard lowers for the bottom of my bike. If I buy those from the Harley dealer. <laughs> 
It's a hard, uh, what's a hard boner? Hard lower, not boner, hard lower. You should know what a hard boner is. Well, hard lower. I, I, I thought a hard lower and a hard boner was the same thing. Uh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have laughed. Go, go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> what no. is a hard lower? Uh, uh, the, uh, let me see. Yeah, I don't know what one is. Either. Okay, the front of my bike where I had those kind of, I don't know, their splash guards or whatever, they were they had the Harley emblems on it that are on the um, that are on the crash bar. Oh, like those oh. wind? Okay, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yep, yeah. so they make hard, hard ones of those that are not, the ones I have on there are soft. Sure. They make like a permanent one of those. So Harley sells those. They're like, you know, paint matched. They're $800. You can get those on eBay for $49.95. You can get them. There's a company out of China, actually, that's really gaining a great reputation called Advan Black. And they make them paint matched, identical for like 300 shipped to your house. Well, see, there you go. You just make a middleman. You don't even have to call Harley. See, so I think it's... Oh, I think that Indian doesn't have enough companies like that that are making the aftermarket parts because people want to customize their bikes. I, I Yes, and I, I get that point. But what I was trying... And I understood what you meant about the aftermarket sure. not being clear. What I'm saying is that is not impacting Indian sales. No, they yeah, are, you're they right. Are, they're selling a ton of Indian bikes despite that. Yeah, I, I think, think, I think, I think it is. Go ahead, go Tony. Ahead. No, go, no, ahead, go Tony. ahead. No, I, think... I was going to go, fuck it. Go, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you should talk at the same time and I'll try and edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that it's impacting Indian sales because I think that if you had aftermarket support, the same we'll say the same, uh, you know, number of companies, because you do, you have wheels, you have exhaust, you have a lot of aftermarket companies that make parts for Indians. If they had the same aftermarket support that Harley had, I think you would be hard pressed to find someone who would buy Harley over an Indian. Oh, that's an interesting statement. So you're saying, okay, so Harley is continuously quarter after quarter in the red, whereas well, Indian quarter after quarter they're in the black but we've but we had talked about this on the last one because that was they still have the used bikes and true that, yeah there's a lot of factors all, all they don't stuff. have the lineup that harley has either that's true they yeah. go from like your scouts to your baggers they yeah. don't have that whole middle line like harley has but the soft tails. yeah i'll tell you where i think it's the buyer experience I think is where they're lacking. You, so you want to, you want to go into an Indian dealership with a compass and well, then, I want to go in, when you go in and you buy a new Harley, you feel yeah. like you're, you're buying something special. They make you, they make you feel that way. They give you a tour, at least in, at my dealer, they give you a tour of the whole building, the right. service department, the parts, mm -hmm. you do a poker tour. You know what I mean? You, but that's the they only make way this whole, that's the only way they're going to make you feel like they, that's the only way they're going to make you feel like that you got your money's worth though. Well, and I mean, you know, you come out and you ring the bell and you get, it's, it's a little itchy when you do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's pretty that's cool. A, I'll agree. It's a fun experience. I'll tell you what though. And Dustin can attest to this. One of the best dealerships I've ever been in is Ted's motorcycle world. And they don't just sell Harley. And when we were there during MMM, just my experience with talking to uh, the salesperson about the, the Honda Africa twin was, was so enjoyable. 
and, and maybe this is just me too. And, and I mean, I'm 46 years old now, and maybe this is me being a little millennialized. I don't care so much about that experience anymore. I want to go in and I want to buy. Millennialized. Have you seen my hat? <laughs> <laughs> it's got the, it's got the zombie performance exhaust on it from, um, Tapco or whatever. Who is it? Tab performance. Tab. Tab. T-A-B. See, if backwards, it, it would be bat wing. But <laughs> I don't, what I'm saying is I don't care about that experience as much as, as I did when I first bought my sporting. Yeah, it was fun to ring the bell. Yeah, it was fun to experience that. But that's less important to me now. And maybe this is just where I'm at as a motorcyclist now. But it's more important for me to buy a reasonably priced motorcycle. And heck, on the, on the thing of the bell, I didn't even ring a bell when I bought my new bike. Yeah. You didn't ring the bell? I don't think they had, they had a bell. Well, you're supposed to honk the horn or ring the bell? No, you I, got got to. I got nothing. It was huh. back in the service department waiting for a couple of weeks to be worked on. Oh, oh. Ooh, hang on let me uh get some band-aids for my balls uh, but to follow up on the experience it was like i was talking about earlier the dealership in st charles they had the indians tucked away in a, in a room that you wouldn't know was there until you were told yeah, they don't exactly. have any parts tucked anywhere they had the they had the parts go up in flames huh i guess but oh, me and my buddy Roger, we walked. This was, I think, this was before I bought my sporty. We actually, we we made a special trip up there to look at the Indians. We went back there. There was nobody back there to greet us. Nobody came back there at all to ask if we wanted any help. And there were at least twenty people inside that building when we walked in. And yeah, you know, I, I feel we, it, we yeah. sat on a couple of bikes. We took we took a look at them. I was like, okay, all right. And then we left and. Nobody came up and said anything to us until we were walking around, you know, the Hondas and the Kawasaki's. Yeah. It's, it's, and for me, like I said, in my area, I have to, I have to go to Indiana to, to look at the, the Indians. We don't have one in Louisville. Yeah. It's an hour and a half away from us. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, that's not that far for me, but still, you know, I passed two Harley dealers to get to the Indian dealer. Right. I mean, you I've got a, I've from? got a Honda dealer 10 minutes from me but I don't always get the best experience when I go in there. Heck, most of the time I don't even get greeted when I walk in the door. Yeah, um, it's just it's just a different – I think the buyer experience is just different. I think if they was to step up their game and get, you know, big expansive showrooms like Harley and, you know, get that ser that service when you go in and, and to buy, you know, it's just not there. Yeah, I mean the Honda dealership in Litchfield is nice. It's they got a nice showroom. It's nicely laid out. They got lots of inventory. They got lots of parts. You know, they've got oil. They got everything. But I think what they're lacking is is just the customer experience when you walk in. It doesn't matter if you're buying a bottle of oil or if you're buying a bike. I think you should be treated the same. I agree. But that customer experience, like yes, it's it's wonderful to be treated well. But is it important to you to have that Harley customer experience where you feel like you're part of a family, where you feel like you're joining a club, all of that? Is that important to you? Uh, not really. I mean, just, just to have good customer service is the main thing, I think. I mean, we've talked about it before. I mean, I don't really feel a part of the Harley culture. Mm -hmm. uh, like Mike talked about, 
I don't go to every poker run and every barbecue that the dealership has. I go to a few here and here and there, but I mean, I'm not like every weekend I'm at the Harley dealership. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat where it's, it's, that is not as important to me. Ryan though, that's kind of a, it's, it's correct me if I'm wrong here. That's more of a big deal to you than the rest of us. Is that true? Uh, no, actually it's not. Yeah. Um, I, I've not been to um, any events here in town. Um, <clears throat> and in fact, up until MMM and prior to MMM, I spent, I spend most of my time riding solo. Yeah. So I think that mine probably deep, more deeply rooted in my history of motorcycling than it is necessarily about um, the culture. I would agree with the, I would agree with the customer service and the dealership situation. And I would also totally agree with what you said about uh, Ted's. I mean, that place was amazing. And, and you are absolutely correct. It was not only amazing on the Harley side, it was amazing across the board. That's a great dealership. It is. <clears throat> and so, and not every dealership's like that. So I've owned two Harleys. I've not bought one Harley from my local dealer in town. I've bought it from a dealership that's 150 miles away, but now I've brought my bike to the dealer in town twice to have it serviced. And I've been very happy with that portion. I think, I don't know that the, that that part of the culture is, is, uh, is important to me. Um, but I, I, I know it's important in the Harley culture still as a, as a general rule. But the culture itself is important to you. I think that the camaraderie that yeah. is associated with it is important to me. I don't know that that couldn't be found outside of Harley. I mean, I absolutely think that it could be. Does it exist though? I mean, I think that, I think you're onto something there where camaraderie keeps Harley riders brand loyal. I don't know if that exists. I haven't seen it. It may exist outside of Harley, but not like it does at Harley. Like you don't, you don't see the type of poker runs with, with Indian. You don't see the type of, I mean, there's like, people are in love with the KLR 650. The Grom uh, people are. ride the a Grom lot. People. You see a lot of Grom folk. But is it like Harley though? Is it similar to Harley? <laughs> I mean, no, no, no it, it's, it's so. not the same thing. But you know, that stuff, I don't go to the cookouts or the group rides or any of that. I don't do any of that. But when I go in there, I'm more about the history of the bike. For some reason, Harley and the history just, I just, I, I love it. That's why you, know, you ride the it, bike you ride. It yeah. tugs at your heartstrings. It does. It does. And I mean, you know, Indian does, you know, Indian's got the same history. It just hasn't been uh, consistent like Harley. You, you, you know what I mean? Right. So has, has Polaris been, so has Polaris done a good job of bringing that history back? I, I think know. they've done a good job of bringing an Indian back. Yeah. I'm, I don't feel that it's the original Indian. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Like and it's, I been, think, like it's I think, been reprocessed. Yeah. It's been, yes. it's like Velveeta. <laughs> I think the other thing I would really like to see Polaris do is um, I would like to see him separate their Indian motorcycle financials from the rest of the company and post that. That do information they, is really not, hard to find. What's that? Do they not post it separate? No, it's it's not. So Harley only does motorcycles. And Polaris, which is operating, you know, operating they in the do back, a ton of shit. They do a ton of other yep. things, but they're not posting 
their Indian only lines as a line item to look at for a financials and say our motorcycle line all by itself is doing. Do you no, think no. Do, do you think Polaris is do you think Polaris is propping up uh, the Indian brand using the rest of the company? Yes. I do. I don't think I and I think what where I think that's advantageous to them is that um, Harley if they're going to release like their ADV bike, and we've talked about this in the past, is going to be overpriced when it comes out in the market space that it's going to be competing in because Harley's going to want to get some of their R&D back from, per, you know, from, from putting that bike into production where Polaris can siphon money off of some of their other lines and use mm -hmm. it in R&D for Indian and not have it have a negative effect on just the motorcycle portion of the company. Here's the thing about that ADV bike. Uh, this is the first time that, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys have probably vast more knowledge about the history of Harley than I do. But this is the first time that I can think of that Harley is entering a market that is ridiculously competitive. And I think they're going to get stomped on. Well, yeah, because they tried to enter the electric bike market too and got absolutely killed. But damn they thing hasn't even come out yet. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's that's. I think delayed. I think the uh, the jury's still out on that. I mean, I would, yes, it's fucking an expensive energizer bunny, but with the ADV, strictly speaking, motorcycles and combustion engine motorcycles, like Harley is entering a market that's growing faster and and <clears throat> more popular than any other segment of the motorcycle world, and they're entering a very competitive market. I mean, if you, if you take people in the ADV market, okay, most of those guys, they drive, you know, they, they like to ride a, you know, a BMW or a KLR or, uh, you know, Triumph Tiger or African twin, African twin, man, African man. twin. That's a it's gorgeous so bike. sexy. God, isn't it's it? Sexy. Oh, yeah, it, it is. it's, it's a pretty bike, man. There's no doubt about it. You just plug your Apple phone into it and take off and ride it. It's got Apple CarPlay. It does. Apple bike play. If it says Apple car play, that's probably just registered trademark. You, you know, but on this, on the adventure touring from Harley, it's all going to hinge on price. I don't, I don't think so. I you know? think man, so I see where there will be people that buy it, but it's going to take a brand loyal person to, unless they come out soup, like stupid cheap, it's going to take a brand loyal person to buy that bike you know that's it is is you have your tried and true bikes that have already proven themselves and if harley is anywhere near 15 grand or 20 grand or 20 oh it's going to be 50 i'd, I'd I, say you're going to be looking anywhere between 15 to 25 mm -hmm. why would you not buy an african twin Oh, why would you? Why would you buy a Harley over the African Twin? Well, we don't oh, know yet because yeah. we don't know what the Harley has to offer. But they really, they're they have an uphill battle. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did there. Uh, I see what I did Joe. there. So, so Mike, Joe, they're I'm playing with my kidding. words. So Mike, I think I really love your point here, and it really brings it back to brand loyalty. It seems like what you're saying is. The only people who are going to be interested in the Harley ADV bike are those who are already loyal to the brand 
God dang it, Tony. <laughs> I thought I, I'm, I'm mutant. Is it not mutant? It's not no. mutant. you got to hit the round button. It's lit up. Is it mutant now? No. Oh. Hang on. It's got to be mutant. It's got to be blinking. It's blinking. Can you hear me? I yeah. Can hear you. That's crazy. I thought that was a mute button. Hey, Tony. Well, hey, Tony. Hit your, broke. Tony, hit your space bar. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> what else can we get Tony to do? Can, Tony, can, go can make me. Can, can, can you hear me now? Tony, go make me a cheese sandwich. <laughs> shit, man. I've been hitting the mute button. My cheese shit's curd broke. sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go, I was hitting the mute button. Go get me some White Castle. Hit oh, alt. Get me some too. Hit alt F12. <laughs> can you hear me? I can yeah. hear you. Yes. Oh, fuck, dude. Did we'll, alt we'll F12 work? No, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's He's fucking with me. It, no, it's no, I'm not. Dude, there you go. A, what? Are you? Am I muted? No. Tony, hello. He's fucking with me strong. <laughs> <laughs> He's fucking with you very strong. He is. He's fucking with me strong. <laughs> but okay, no, get back. okay, go ahead. I'll I'll quit coughing. I was my mute button's broke. Water. <laughs> get so, some water. The only one. So the only, what was I saying? What, take me back. I kind of brought you back to brand loyalty. So the only riders who will be interested in the Harley ADV bike are those who are already loyal to the Harley brand who have not been on an ADV bike before. I would be willing to guess because, you know, this is strictly a guess. We're talking, you know, one of them hypotheticals. Yes. And the only reason I say that is at the, at the meetup, we, you know, of course, I had the big yellow KLR, the only yellow bike there. Um, Best goddamn blocker I've ever had. Man. Um, but we, whenever we pulled up to Tilly's, was it Tilly's that was right there on the corner? Yep. Okay. Can you all hear me now? Yep. Yes. Well, I just unplugged the whole fucking microphone and you can still hear me. <laughs> what the hell's going on? Your it, it converted to your computer. It converted to your computer microphone once you pulled out your mic. Oh, <laughs> it's magic! Oh, oh. I don't know how I'm doing it, but it's fucking magic. It's voodoo black magic. <laughs> it's like plumbing that comes right by his microphone. Can you hear me now? Yep. Yes. All right, hang on. Okay, right, you're unmuted. You're muted now because you hit the mute button on Zoom. Hey, there we and, go. And and that worked. That yeah. worked. Yeah. All right, I'm going back to that. He's gone rogue. Gone rogue. Well, what's click, what's clicking? What's clicking out there? Who's clicking? I am that, not right clicking. there. That, that was that. That's my high quality card table that I'm working off of. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hearing that throughout this entire thing. I'm like, what? The I hell mean, is man, I'm all fucked up tonight. Goddamn <laughs> mute's not working. The table's creaking. <laughs> You got my area. I brown got black. goddamn TV. I don't know what's going on. That's wait, a brown black bash, brown back bass being it is. back. <laughs> it's the it's the beast. It's the B cubed. Wait till you switch internets tomorrow, and you'll you'll be having. I know. Pigeons. I'm set next to the pudding tank. I mean, everything's going <laughs> south tonight, man. That's how right. plumbing works. Did you know that? Black uh, voodoo, black magic, man. Gravity. Black magic voodoo. Yeah. No, back to what you were talking about. Oh, oh, Joe. oh, oh. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, go, go, I was, go. I was, go. I was rudely you weren't finished. by you. No, I wasn't. Um, the uh, Leo LM4 photo. Yeah. Beautiful road glide. 
Yes. Beautiful. Love that blue color. God dang, it's a pretty color. It is. Um, he came up and asked me how, man, how do you like your KLR? Dude, I absolutely love it. You know, what's, what was the deal? You know, of course it was, it was a sportster. If I had had a, a street glide or I'd had anything else, I still would have bought a KLR. Um, every motorcycle has their place, whatever. I probably still would have sold a street glide or whatever I had, you know, I, you know, he was asking me how I liked it. You know, he had noticed that, you know, every time we would stop somewhere, I would, you know, go through the grass or jump a curb or do something that was fun. And I said, Oh, I said, are you going to get you like a, you know, a KLR? Are you going to, you know, get a, a adventure bike? And he said, man, really? No, I'm going to wait till Harley releases their adventure bike. And I want to see it before, you know, I, I want to get it. I think that's if I, if I buy one, that's what I'm going to buy. And I thought, holy shit, this guy's got Harley tattooed somewhere on his body. Right. Cause that's the only time you'd ever say anything like that is if you went and got a tattoo of Harley Davidson. That just, I mean, that's a good proof. I know it's just one example, but that is a good proof of your point right there. It's kind of like I use power tools for work and, for certain brands, I look at, for like DeWalt, I only use their saws because they make the best saws. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's kind of where it is. Really uh, don't, a skill saw? You don't, you don't like a skill saw? No, I use miter. Well, I'm talking about miter boxes. Oh. Big, you, big You are boxes. correct. You are correct about that. They do. Yeah. So, you know, and I think that goes with like, when people think of cruisers, they automatically think of Harley Davidson. They do. They do. They don't think of your all your adventure bike or your road bike mm -hmm. or things like that. And when Harley's going to introduce these bikes, they're going to have to be really something special to bring people in to actually consider them, at least you in think, my opinion. Do you think making them special is enough, though? No. It, it, they're, like I said, it's really going to have to be something special to bring people in to look at it that's interested in that type of bike. Do you think that would be enough, though? I, I think if they came out with something lightweight, powerful, with riding modes, and, you know, something that competed directly with the Africa Twin or the BMW, I think people would come in and take a look, just like people are going and taking a look at Indians. Yeah. You, I, you know? But it would I, have to be – it would have to – it would have to really measure up. Well, that's why I, th I thought uh, what disappointed me about it is the dealer show is they just had that prototype. They they didn't release anything about it, did they? No, dude, this is, this is, it's an adventure bike, but for Harley, it's a concept bike. But it's supposed to be a 1250 or whatever. Right. Right. It's also going to hinge on this motor too, man. I mean, what, 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 what's this motor all about? Because it's going across three different bikes. It's yeah, it's water cooled. It's DOHC, and the only bike that Harley has done in recent years, and we've all talked about this in previous podcasts, is that that V Rod. And the streets. Yeah, oh, that's and, right. And the streets, yeah. but I mean, I always forget those fuckers because. <laughs> you know, if my, I'm sitting here looking at them, and I mean, it's the same motor that's going in the Street Fighter, which is their street bike. Right. So right. this motor, it, it's going to have to be hot. I mean, it's got to be hot. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? To go into a street bike. So if they're going to use that same motor in the custom and the adventure touring, I'm going to say it's, it's going to be 
plenty of power. I would, I would right. hope. Oh yeah. You, you know what I mean? Because it's basically a, a fucking, and I don't, unless they change it some way to make it more tame. Well, that's for the, the adventure bike. You have to consider that it's going to be a torque monster because it's a V twin. Like, you know, yeah. that was, and that's, and that's what Ryan brought up. Ryan brought up an excellent point. So the Honda is a parallel cylinder, correct? Parallel yes. motor. Mm -hmm. So a Harley adventure bike versus that Africa twin, a Harley adventure bike is going to have three times the torque that that Africa twin has. So, I mean, it's man, that thing will be a wheelie monster. So, so you're saying people, do you think people in the metric market are as brand loyal? I do not. As Harley riders? I, I think that they enjoy their options. I, I think they love not being brand loyal. They take pride in not being brand loyal. Do you think they're more open-minded? Yes. About motorcycles? Yes. Yes. Wow. Well, there you go. See? I think so. I, and I think if you can walk out of the Harley dealer and go to other motorcycle shops, there's a whole new world for you. Those are, those, are mighty, those are mighty strong words, Tony. Well, it is. There's a whole new world out there, man. There is a lot of good quality motorcycles out there and a lot of options. I'm, that's what I'm glad about with this podcast is we can give people our opinions. Nothing is factual. But the good thing about the podcast is that, you know, we don't, we don't discriminate because you do or do not ride a Harley. We, we talk about different manufacturers and different things. And that's why, that's why I like the diversity of this group. No, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm still glad you guys talked to me because I've got a, you know, when I bought the KLR. Shit, dude, the KLR is a badass motorcycle. It is. And you were so worried about it, dude. I'm glad you just pulled the trigger on that and bought that fucker. And I the was, whole world started to make sense again when I saw Joe sitting on that Africa twin. That's all I know. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Riders. We'll see you next time on the FDB Podcast.